What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the first episode of Quick Hits for the 2020 NFL season. Boy, it is good to be back. My name is Blake Pace. Uh, if this is your first time catching up the show, it has been a while. The last episode we did was uh, right after the first round of the NFL draft. Um, and then since then, you know, I mean, I guess we were still in pandemic times back then, but I have been moving, let's see, four different times. So I was never able to really get down a, uh, a consistent schedule or a consistent place to live. But I finally made it back down to Tennessee just a couple weeks ago. Had to get myself situated in the new apartment, new lifestyle down here. And so we are ready to move forward. Uh, one thing that I'll say, I always like to try and warn about any potential noise. So just in case you guys hear anything in the background, um, they're doing construction outside of my apartment. So I apologize for that. Also, as you guys all know, I have just... The loveliest, loud, annoying dog in the world, Bush, who may butt his head around. Right now, he's he's laying down, so he's pretty good for now. But just a, a few notes before we get started. Uh, so look, today's, today's episode is basically just going to be my um, predictions for the 2020 NFL season. Yes, we are one week in. Uh, I decided with no preseason. I, look, I, I don't think it's fair to make assessments off teams even just after one week of the regular season. Um, but especially going into the season where we didn't get to see any of these teams play, um, you know, live snaps in any preseason. We didn't get to see, you know, any rookies and how they developed. Um, I think, you know, I wanted to take the first season, watch as many games as possible. Um, I can't believe uh, it's still, let's see, it's September 16th, early in the morning. They have yet to release all 22. Uh, which is ridiculous. Um, so I'm just going off of what I've been able to find on the internet from a lot of these games. Uh, I was also able to watch a lot of them live on Sunday. Uh, shout out NFL Sunday Ticket. You are the best in the business. Uh, I love Sunday Ticket. Um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of wanted to wait on season predictions. I wanted to see the teams play. I, I think if you haven't watched, you know, I, being a, a Colts fan, you read up a lot on, on the Colts preseason. You read up a lot on the AFC South. You want to get familiar with the division, what players are popping in, in, in you know, preseason, everything like that. We didn't get any games, though, for, for the entire league. So as much as you want to pay attention to all the articles and, and maybe, you know, 10-second clips that are being thrown out, these teams haven't actually played a, a live snap until this past, uh, well, Thursday when the season kicked off. But, you know, I, I, don't, think it's, I don't think it's, you know, a... Uh, Smart idea to go in and make all of these predictions for, you know, a year long of football that you haven't seen so many of the teams play. So I uh, got to watch a lot of games. We're going to go through my predictions. Um, quick shout out also to playoffpredictors.com. Great website. If you guys ever want to build out and, and do, you know, your season picks, you can go through and enter in, you know, the outcome for every game of the season that you expect. And that way, you know, you, you are getting some accurate predictions where, you know, these records actually, you know, can happen. Um, I know a lot of times that I give some predictions out there and it's like, okay, the numbers don't exactly add up when you take into account all of their opponents. Uh, when you build it through like this, it takes into account every regular season game um, and, and accurately, you know, does the tiebreakers for you. So we're going to go through uh, division by division, go over what teams get in to the postseason, which teams get left out, who are some of the worst teams in football, what are the best divisions in football, uh, then we'll go through my playoffs, take a look at who I'm crowning as the Super Bowl champion. Uh, the 
the end of this season, and then we'll also give up some quick awards, Rookie of the Year, MVP, Coach of the Year, all of that. So let's start over in the AFC. Uh, we're going to start with... Oh, let's start with the North. Let's start with the AFC North. Okay, so look, a lot of great storylines in this division. You know, you've got the Ravens fresh off of one of the most electric seasons um, for a football team, electric regular seasons last year with the emergence of Lamar Jackson. Great defense, well coached, good weapons, good offensive line. They're one of the top teams in football. They're still going to be this year. They look dominant in their opening uh, opening matchup against the Browns. They really just never gave the Browns any room to breathe uh, for the full 60 minutes. So you got the Ravens in there. You've got the Browns who are really desperate for, for a good season. There's too much talent on this team to not put out a winning year. Um, you know, everybody put the, you know, high expectations on them last season, and they definitely underperformed on that. And so this year, it's it's huge to prove that you can, you know, you can win games with what they've got here on this roster. Um, and it's it's a big year for a guy like Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, around from that draft class, it's a big year for all those quarterbacks. Big year for Baker, big year for Sam um, and Josh Allen. We'll get to those guys when we cover the AFC East. So, you know, new head coach, um, you know, with the Browns, it's going to take some time. I think across the league, head coaching debuts uh, were a one for four, um, except for the Washington football team. Or, yeah, they went one and four. So Washington got a win, uh, but then the Panthers and Matt Rule, they lost. Uh, Joe Judge and the Giants lost. Mike McCarthy and the Packers lost. And I'm trying to think, uh, Kevin Stefanski um, and the Browns lost as well, too. So... Out of those head coaches, I'm going to cut them a little slack early on. It's it's tough in this season, um, so I'm not completely destroyed by the Browns and how they performed yesterday. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, look, you know, there's stuff to be excited about. I don't love the run game. I I, I really don't. Um, I don't. I'm not a James Conner guy, and and you know maybe Benny Snell could be the guy, but I don't think you want to be relying on someone um, you know like that. So you know, it's definitely more of a committee. I'm not sold. James Conner is going to be the guy. Um, but high expectations, great defense. Um, Big Ben, if he can come back, he looked pretty good. But we got to also remind ourselves that was the Giants' secondary, which could be the worst in football. Um, very well possible. And then look, you got the storyline of the Bengals in there. It's Joe Burrow. Uh, tough, heartbreaking loss in Week One for them. You know, Joe uh, makes up for a late game, you know, interception by driving them down the field, giving them a chance to send the game into overtime. And then uh, you know the kicker misses the field goal. Um, at the end of regulation. So tough loss there. Um, there's a lot to be excited about in this division. It's a very competitive division. It's a division where I think these teams will beat up on each other a little bit. Um, obviously, I believe that the Ravens are a step and a half ahead of the rest of, of the division. And really, aside from you know two or three other teams in the league, they're the, they're the cream of the crop. Um, so just taking a look now, record predictions. I, I've got the Ravens finishing 12-4 and this season. You know, they've got, um, and that's still going 3-3 three and three in the division. So I think outside the division, they win a good majority of their games. I think that they, you know, lose to the Steelers and the Browns um, here and there. I think maybe the Steelers, you know, maybe more desperation late in the season um, to, to get that final win in there. Um, but I've got, the, I've got the Ravens finishing 12-4. and four. I've got them as the second seed in the AFC, expecting big things this year. Uh, Lamar Jackson looked brilliant again last week, um, and so I've got them finishing 12-4. and four. Right behind them uh, is a tie 
Uh, for the Browns and the Steelers, I've got both of them going 9-7. and seven. So the Browns get to that winning season. I look, I, I know it looked bad, but they really weren't able to get their offense going the way that they plan it to. When you, when you get down so big and you're a primarily you know run-dominant team, this is going to be a run-heavy team with two tight end sets, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt running the football uh, between and outside the tackles, setting up play action for OBJ and Jarvis. They weren't able to get into that because they got down so quickly. Um, you know, everybody's just expecting the pass at that point, so you can't establish your run game. I expect them to establish their run game a lot. I expect this to be one of the better rushing football teams um, in the league this year. So I've got the Browns and the Steelers finishing at 9-7. and seven. Uh, The Steelers, I'm excited about the defense. I think they are going to feast upon the really bad teams. They're going to beat the okay teams. Um, and at the end of the day, I just think they're missing too many keys. The run game, I don't love the consistency there. I don't think we'll get any consistency this season out of their run game. And look, I like Deontay Johnson, like Chase Claypool. I just, they don't have enough weapons. I'm still, I'm still bullish on Juju as like, okay, can be a number one dominant receiver where you're drawing attention from multiple defenders so that your wide receiver two and threes get some, you know, better open looks against weak coverage. So, you know, when you have AB in there, and over two seasons removed now from him being on the Steelers, when you have AB as the number one and Juju as the number two, I mean, you guys are just feasting. But when it goes from Juju to the number one, look, he, he can be a number one. I don't know if he can be a premier number one where you're drawing, you know, constant doubles or the safety over the top. I don't think he's going to ever, you know, be that guy. So it's tough for the wide receiver two and three on that depth chart to really get some easy open looks. So it's going to make life a little bit more difficult for Ben. Um... And, you know, I know they brought in guys like an Eric Ebron. They've got good tight end play. It's not great. Um, I think that they can they can have a winning season, which, look, in comparison to last year, it's a very good showing, 9-7. and seven. Um, Unfortunately, you know, the way this thing played out, um, playoff predictors, they also let you know with the tiebreakers who gets those wild card spots and who does not. Uh, believe it or not, you know, even with the extra, um, even with the extra wild card spot, I have both the Browns and the Steelers missing the playoffs just barely. Um, they are the eight and nine seeds, so they just missed it. There were two other teams uh, in the same division, actually three teams um, in the rest of the AFC that also finished nine and seven, but the tiebreakers got them in them in instead. So I just have the Ravens going into the playoffs from that division, um, and then last I've got the Bengals right down at the bottom at 5-11, and 11, um, which to me is a good season for the Bengals. I, I don't really think you can expect more than five wins. Um, I think you should expect more than two or three. They are going to beat up on some teams. The offensive line is atrocious. So if you ever you know, have them going up against a team with a good pass rush, pass rush and, and you know, surprisingly, that was the case this past week and the Bengals still had a chance to send it to overtime. But Joe Burrow was running for his life. There's not much that he can do. The run game really never got going. They didn't feed the ball to Joe Mixon, you know, enough at all. Um, but I do think that this can be a five-win team. Now, is a five-win team a situation where you move on from Zach Taylor? No, I think you probably give him a second year with Joe to see what you can do. Five and 11 is not a bad showing. Um, I am all in for the idea of, of giving... Um, oh my gosh, Brady, Joe Brady, some time over in Carolina as the offensive coordinator. I'd love to give him one or two seasons as an offensive coordinator before elevating him to head coach. I think the Bengals really should try and make that happen, make him the head coach of the Bengals down the road. I'm not a big Zach Taylor believer. Um, 
sure it could work. 5-11 and 11 probably isn't enough to fire him. I think if they were in the 2-3 to three win range, I would do it and, and, and make the move on Brady. But I think if you have two seasons that aren't, you know, that are in the 5-6 to six win range for the Bengals, I think it's time to pull the plug on Taylor and bring in Joe Brady. Um, you know, the, the mastermind behind what was the best college football offense of all time last year at LSU. And so, yeah, that's where I have things shaken up. I've got one team coming out of the AFC North. The Ravens, 12-4, and four, the number two seed. Browns and Steelers just barely missing it at 9-7. and seven. And the Bengals uh, finishing with the, f- let me do the math right, the fourth worst record um, in the AFC at 5-11. and 11. Let's move on down to the AFC South. It was a very interesting week for all four of these teams. Um, starting off with, you know, the season opener, the, the Houston Texans. You know, I, so many people constantly try and tell me with the Texans that my my beliefs are a little bit off on on how they operate as an organization. I am one of the bigger anti Bill O'Brien guys that that's out there. Um, I don't believe that the way that he runs his offense is effective. And then you give him general manager powers, and I think he has, you know, given out some pretty rough contracts, made some interesting trades. But look, they're still a good football team. They've got stars on the team. Deshaun Watson is one of the top quarterbacks in football. I did like what we saw from David Johnson. Um, really, in, it, it didn't work out in Arizona because the offense switched up on him. He's still a good running back. Um, if he can stay healthy, I expect that to be a really good balanced offense, and it needs to be because when you lose a guy like DeAndre Hopkins and your two wide receivers are injury-plagued like Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller, uh, you, you need to have a run game where, you know, in, in case one of those guys goes down, you can have a much more balanced offense. Um, so, you know, I, I think the Texans are going to be a good team. It, they're not going to be a great team. They're not going to be, uh, you know, up there with, with all the uh, the best in, in the conference. But I do expect them to be a winning football team, even though they didn't really have a great showing against the Chiefs uh, to open the season. Uh, meanwhile, you had the Colts and the Jaguars facing off and what was probably... You know, for me, one of the most frustrating games to watch, obviously, I was glued to it. And being a Colts fan, I have a certain attachment to that team. Um, it, it really, it, it was a mix of, it was a mix of things. Obviously, losing Marlon Mack that early into the season, that is a devastating injury. It really is. Um, and, you know, I, look, the, it's going to be Jonathan Taylor running, you know, he's going to, you know, be given the keys uh, to that offense, and he's going to be a, a bell cow back for him this season. But I don't think that was their expectation at all. I really think Marlon Mack had a great summer and was going to be the season-long starter with Jonathan Taylor just coming in to relieve him, you know, a, a couple of plays here and there. Um, offense looked great. Phillip Rivers looked great except for those two interceptions, and, and that's what you get with Phillip Rivers. If it's a close game, you know, I, I, I don't love – relying on Phillip, you know, moving the ball down the field. But this is a team that is expecting to be leading early in games, dominating where when it comes to the fourth quarter, you're running out the clock, you're putting the football um, into Jonathan Taylor's hands and having him run behind that offensive line. The game was just a mess to me. I don't think that that means that the Colts are that bad of a team. Um, I, I still believe they're the division favorite. The, the problem becomes if that pass defense is as bad as it looked uh, in week one. You know, Xavier Rhodes had a really rough showing. Um, I'm all on the Rakiasin hype train. I think it's still probably going to be till about the middle of the season before he starts really looking good. Um, so, you know, that Colts-Jaguars game, Jaguars I expect to still be one of the worst teams in, in football. Um, I don't think, 
that's any surprise. I, I get it. They won week one. Minshew looked great. You know, he torched the Colts' pass defense. Uh, you know, they had uh, James Robinson look really good as a, as a running back for that team. JJ, uh, DJ Chark is a good wide receiver for him. Uh, Levinska Chenault had some cool plays. Defensively, you know, it's pretty atrocious. Um, they've traded away just about all of their guys except for Miles Jack. Um, I, I, I'm tossing that up to a complete fluke week one game. Um, and then the Titans, when you take a look at what they had, I mean, they should have dominated the Broncos um, if it wasn't for Stevens Gostowski, you know, coughing up by the end of the game 10 total points. But look, they still got the win. They're a well-coached football team. They have one of the deepest front sevens. I take a look at teams that are overlooked defensively, and it's the Titans and the Washington football team. Both of those teams have absurd front sevens. It's just depth of, of freak pass rushers, good guys in the middle. You've got Jeffrey Simmons, Jadavion Clowney. Um, they've, they've got so many good front seven guys. Um, you know, even you know, taking a flyer on a guy like Vic Beasley, you know, who definitely um, fell off a little bit of a cliff in Atlanta, still another guy you can throw in there occasionally and get some good pass rushes out of him uh, each game. So um, this division, it is really tight to me. I, I gave the Colts, you know, just the, well, actually, I, I didn't give the Colts anything. So here's what I have. I have the Colts, Titans, and Texans all finishing with a 9-7 and seven record. And the way that the tiebreakers worked out uh, because of the record against the division, the Colts got in um, as the division winner. They took the fourth seed in the AFC. And the Titans and the Texans both made it into the playoffs uh, as the five and six seeds. Um, so... There's one wild card spot available the way that this played out. We'll get to them in just a second. Um, but the way that this worked out, I, I had three 9-7 and seven teams, and all three are, are going to make the postseason. So Colts make it, uh, win the division because of the tiebreakers. Titans get the five seed in the playoffs, and the Texans get the six seed. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars I have finishing with the second worst record in the AFC, I've got them finishing three and thirteen, including one and five in the division. I don't think they win another game against the AFC South the rest of the way. Um, and, and yeah, just a bad season. Um, they're a bad team. At that point, you probably go ahead and move on from Gardner and take one of those big, um, you know, top three quarterbacks at the top of the draft next year. Um, but I think this is a very competitive division. Obviously, you know, you get a four, five, six seed all in there. It's a very good division. Um, it's very sound. And, you know, look, they're going to beat up on each other, so that's going to hurt their records, you know. I've got the Colts and Titans both going 4-2 and two in the division, Texans going 3-3. Three and three. It's, going to be, it's going to be a tough go for a lot of these teams. So those division matchups are going to be huge in terms of de uh, defining playoff position. And in this situation, the Colts just narrowly edged out the Titans and Texans. So three AFC South teams making it into the postseason, joining the Baltimore Ravens. Let's move on over to the AFC East. Very intriguing division, obviously, the dynasty, the New England dynasty um, with, with Brady and Belichick is no more. Completely revamped offense with Cam Newton and just a, a huge emphasis on the run game. Uh, meanwhile, you've got the Buffalo Bills who have one of the more complete rosters and one of the best coaching staffs um, in all of football. Uh, of course, the, the, the big concerns when you think about with, with the Bills, you're a little worried about Josh Allen at times. He needs to take that next step forward if this team wants to be a legit contender. Um, and look, outside of that, tight end play isn't great. I'm a Dawson Knox believer. I hope he can take that next step. They need a reliable big body target. Um, you bring in Diggs to complement John Brown. It's um, a good one-two punch. And defensively, they're great. They really are on all three levels. They've got star players. 
Uh, meanwhile, you've got the, the Dolphins. I'm, I'm the biggest Brian Flores guy out there. Uh, I am full, fully in support of him making things work in Miami. I think that is going to be one of those, um, you know, uh, they're going to be a really good team for the next decade. They just have to, you know, like I said, they kind of have to just build everything from, from bottom up. You know, they had a lot of draft capital. They drafted some good, talented guys in the first round. You know, Tua Tungavailoa is the future of the franchise if it all works out. Um, I, lo I love the idea of just easing him in, especially with the way that this season worked out. You know, the Bengals have no choice, really, with Joe Burrow. No real, you know, decent backup there um, in Cincinnati. But I, I love the idea of the Chargers and the Dolphins uh, just being patient with their quarterbacks, not throwing them into this wonky season, giving them a lot of time to get ready. Um, and then the Jets, man. The, the fucking Jets. I, you know, I'll just go right into it. I think they're the worst team in football this year. Um, I, I'll just, you know, put out their prediction. I've got them going 2-14, and 1-5 uh, in the AFC East. I think I had them taking a game from Miami. Um, I, I really do believe that they're the worst team in football this year. I think you've got a dysfunctional head coach. You've got friction between the GM who doesn't want him there and just needs to give him time to move on, I, I believe. You know, I, I'm not sure if it's a mid-season fire, but it very well could be where we're here around, you know, week seven, week eight. If the Jets are, you know, one and seven, one and six, I think it's probably time that you could say move on, try and see if you've got a guy internally that could be, you know, a good candidate for the head coaching position. Um, but I think when you look at, A, the dysfunction in the coaching staff, where him and, and your most talented playmaker don't get along, uh, that's, a, that's pretty bad because Le'Veon Bell needs the football for this Jets offense to look competent and for some reason Gase doesn't want to give it to him. Now of course Bell is banged up for a couple weeks too. Um, no no real talent at the receiver position. Um, if, if anything it's unproven talent and then defensively it's a mess. I think they have probably the worst front seven. I th I'm just trying to think of other teams right now with really bad front sevens. They, they have no pass rush. Pass rush is, is the second most important thing, you know, aside from finding your quarterback. Putting pressure on the other team's quarterback is the second most important thing in football. Um, and, and they have, it's non-existent. And then you also take into account that they already had one of the worst secondaries in football. Thankfully, Jamal Adams was saving them from being, you know, all, you know completely disgusting. And then you trade him away, obviously, you get good return. I, I would do that deal over and over again. Jamal wanted out. They got a lot in return for him. But... Um, this, you know, top to bottom is the worst defense in football. So um, I've already given my record for them. I've got them going 2-14, and 14, first overall pick. I can't wait to have conversations if this is the case on what they're going to do in regards to Sam Darnold. Um, and, you know, do you trade out and try and make it work with Sam? Do you just say, hey, Trevor Lawrence is a guy that we just can't turn down. Sorry, Sam. Best of luck to you. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. You know, you're going to have to see what the new head coach wants. You know, Joe Douglas wasn't the guy that drafted Sam Darnold. There's, it's going to be a very tough decision to make. Um, I'll work my way from bottom up on this division since we started with the Jets. For the Dolphins, um, I, the way that this played out, too, that you have to consider why the Jets and, and why I'm going to have the Dolphins you know, have a lower record than probably expected is they have the toughest uh, schedule. You know, you have to play the NFC West which um, we'll get to them. The, the record in the NFC West is bananas, um, the way that I have that playing out. Um, and, and if you have to face the 49ers, Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals, along with you know, playing the Patriots twice, playing the Bills twice, it's a tough, it's a tough go. 
And so for the Jets, that's why I really do have them as the worst team. Maybe they don't have the worst roster. Uh, and maybe there are stretches, you know, in those two wins where they look great. Look, last year they looked great against the Cowboys. You know, they had good showings. But when you have the schedule mixed in with the dysfunction, mixed in with a depleted roster, I just, I, I can't put any confidence in there. So for the Dolphins, I have them finishing 5-11, and 11, which isn't really any growth from last year. But I think it's, I, I think, you know, it's going to be a very positive 5-11. and 11. You know, for the Jets, the two and the the two and fourteen is is disheartening. It's it's frustrating. The Dolphins are five and eleven. When you take into consideration the schedule, take into consideration the roster, young quarterback, you know, young left tackle, a lot of young pieces on here. I think this is more of a developmental season for Flores and his roster. He he's one of those coaches that gets the most out of his players. I could see a six and ten, uh, seven and nine is probably pushing it a little bit for me, but. I think a 5-11 and 11, um, is, is not going to be a disappointing season for Miami, especially considering everything that's going on and, and not being able to play, you know, your, your franchise, you know, future of the franchise quarterback for a full season, even though uh, if you listen to this show, I'm not the biggest Tua supporter. I think, you know, they've, they've given the vote of confidence in him to, to make things work. All right, so finishing second in the AFC East with a record of 9-7, and seven, Securing that final wild card spot in the playoffs is the New England Patriots, nine and seven. That's what I was able to give them. Um, I, I they got the win on on my, but it wasn't it wasn't a good win. You know, I, I love that everybody is is really excited about the potential this offense has. Um, you know, with Cam Newton and kind of what Josh McDaniels is going to do with him. It, it's 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 going to be very exciting to watch. I still don't think, you know, it's great. You know, I don't think when you stack up against it, you have, like I said, you have to play the Seahawks. You have to play the Rams. You have to play the 49ers. You have to play the Cardinals. Those are tough teams to play against. And, you know, I don't care if, if you know, you're Bill Belichick and you're the greatest coach of all time. This roster is depleted right now. You still have no wide receiver threats. There's not a single receiver on that team except for Julian Edelman working across the middle that actually intimidates me. In the running game... I, I want Sony Michelle to be good. I want Damian Harris to be good. I don't know if it can be, especially when you don't have your fullback. Um, you know, you lose Danny Vitale. Um, that's, a, that's a heartbreaking blow, um, especially when you brought him in to replace... Um, oh, God, I'm, I'm not even going to try and remember the, the ex-fullback for the Patriots. I got 9-7. and seven. I've got them squeaking into the playoffs. I just don't think it's going to be one of those years where they look great. Um... There's going to be stretches where you're really excited about the offense. But like I said, I'm, I'm not in love with the receiving weapons. So look, it's great when you're in a close game with Miami. You can just barrel down uh, with Cam Newton in that run game. But what happens when you know, the Rams are torching you defensively or the, you know, the Seahawks, Russell Wilson is thrown down at you and Cam has to pull himself out of a deficit? This doesn't seem to, a, to be a team to me that I could say, okay, they're down 14 midway through the third quarter. I have faith in them you know, staging a comeback. I just don't think that that's what this team is. I think they're going to protect leads. They're going to dominate time of possession. They're going to run the football and you know, make things easy for Cam Newton. But the schedule is too tough to do that, and they're going to lose a fair amount of games um, because of the fact that they can't, this offense can't pull itself out of deficits. And then on the flip side, it's it's one of the greatest defensive, you know, Bill Belichick always churns out great defenses, but you have to realize that they are just, they're missing so many of their key players uh, due to, you know, opting out. They had a lot of their roster opt out 
You know, you lose guys in free agency like a Kyle Van Noy. Um, you know, the, the roster is depleted. I like I, the secondary is still phenomenal. I love Chase Winovich. But I just think, you know, like I was saying, 49ers, Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals, dominant offenses. It's not going to be an easy go for the Patriots. I, I think a 9-7, and seven, get into the playoffs, see if you can upset some teams. Um, but I don't really have a whole, you know, ton of confidence in them being, you know, in the AFC title game or making it to the Super Bowl. So I've got them finishing as the seven seed. And then winning the division with the third seed uh, in the AFC, that is the Buffalo Bills. I've got them at 10-6, and six, just finishing a game ahead of the Patriots. Um, so right now my playoff picture is the Ravens with the two seed, Bills with the three seed, Colts narrowly getting the four seed, and then my three wildcard teams in order are the Titans, Texans, and Patriots. For the Bills, they looked they look great. They put up a decent amount of points. What's going to be key for this team, it's almost kind of like what I was saying with, um, oh God, who was I just talking about that? With the Patriots, it's like, sure, when you, you won a lot of close games last year. Now I want to see you beat up on bad teams. I don't want to see you just ease by beating the Jets or ease by beating the Dolphins. I want to see you put up points on them. They were able to do that. They got into the high 20s against the Jets last week. Um, as long as this offense is humming, I think, you know, the duo of Singletary and Moss is only going to get better as the season goes on in the run game, but they've got a great defense. They're well coached. Really, it's, you know, it's can Josh Allen take that next step, limit the mistakes. I thought he looked pretty good um, in week one. He had a couple missed throws, but they're going to utilize him in the run game. I think he's in for a very good season. And uh, yeah, I, I got them finishing with the third seed in the AFC. All right, so wrapping up the AFC, we'll go over here to the AFC West. Very interesting division as well. Um, obviously, you've got the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and boy, it, you know, for all these teams, you know, I take a look. The, the Ravens were a great team that got better. Um, you know, the Bills were a really good team that got better. You had teams like the Saints who, you know, basically stayed the same. 49ers basically stayed the same. Packers, you know, basically stayed the same. The Chiefs got better, and, and and really, I know that they didn't have a whole lot of changes in here. It's crazy to see the difference that having Kaleche Osemele in on the offensive line does for their run game. And then also, you got to talk about Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, man. He's he's you know he's gonna fit right into that offense. They're gonna utilize him a bunch, as you saw. You know, he was the leading rusher um, in Week One of the NFL season, and it's going to alleviate so much of, of what Pat Mahomes had to do for most of the time, you know, with a good run game, with a really good run game, that, that offense can just stay completely balanced so where Pat Mahomes isn't just making all these boneheaded throws. He knows, okay, I can just be an accurate quarterback. I don't need to try too much because I've got the defense and the run support to, to make it work. I don't need to be the reason that this team wins. They can win with me playing smart, uh, not being, you know, dangerous with the football at times. This is to me, you know, it's 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 still the best team in football. Um, I've got them finishing the regular season 14 and two. Um, both of those two losses, by the way, being in the division, I think I may have given the Broncos and I gave maybe the Chargers a win in there. So I don't expect these team this team to lose often. Um, I think we're in for another fantastic season in Kansas City. But what's really, you know, most intriguing about the division is below the Chiefs. We all expect the Chiefs to be good, but there are three teams here that have such a wide range of expectations in the Broncos, Chargers, and Raiders. 
So I'll just work through down. Uh, in second place in the division, I have the Broncos finishing 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, And just, you know, not just missing the playoffs. They finished as the 10th seed in the AFC. So there were, you know, teams like the Browns, Steelers um, ahead of them finishing 9-7. and seven. So the Broncos, 8-8. Eight and eight. My thing with this team, and we kind of saw a little bit of it in the Monday Night Football game. I like the defense. I like Vic Fangio. Losing Von Miller is tough. If you can get Bradley Chubb back healthy, I still think that they can be an above average to really good defense. Um, it's, it's a devastating loss, definitely, but I think it's one that they can make by with. And then on offense, the problem to me, it's not, you know, okay, we got to hope that all of our receivers hit or that Fant takes a big, you know, second year or Drew Locke looks, you know, even better than he did last year. What's most important for this team is its tackle play. And and can your left and right tackles hold up? I've tw- I put it on Twitter the other day. They give me kind of 2019 Browns vibes where there's a lot of excitement. You know, you got some young studs out there. You've got talented weapons. You know, I love... I love, you know, having Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, uh, KJ Hamler, who will eventually be available too. You've got the, you know, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay duo, even though Lindsay is banged up now. You've got Noah Fant. I love the weapons that they gave Drew Locke, and I love Drew Locke too. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback in this football league. But when you're a young quarterback, you need time in the pocket. You need stability. I don't know that the tackle play can get that. And when you're in a, in a division that has a team like the Chargers, who, you know, have, you know, Ingram and Bosa, you're going to play a lot of great pass rushes. Chris Jones on the Chiefs. Uh, Raiders really don't have much of a pass rush yet. But the Broncos, to me, are the second best team in this division narrowly. And um, the only thing that holds them back from a winning season to me is tackle play. And then, you know, look, just being, you know, it's not it's not a world-beating team you know there are teams that you know that they're not the Chiefs they're not the Ravens they're not the Packers you know they're not the 49ers but they are a team that is on the rise I, I am a Vic Fangio fan I'm a fan of this offense um, and and really I guess yeah just the missing pieces is offensive line and, and I guess you know just experience it's a very young team especially offensively so it'll take those guys a little bit of time I think eight and eight is a season to be proud of in Denver um, and I think it'll give them a vote of confidence that they can make a, a shot at the playoffs uh, come 2021 if you know you get Vaughn back and he's healthy if you get your tackles back and they're ready to go um, I just think you know with the way that things fell out before the season started I had to drop their win totals back a little bit I could have seen them as a 10 and 6 9 and 17 you have a tackle left opt out you have a tackle get hurt you lose your best you know, defensive player in Von Miller. Um, right now, Cortland Sutton and KJ Hamler are a little banged up. Um, I think 8-8 eight and eight is, is, a good, is still a good season for the Broncos. Moving on uh, to the Chargers and the Raiders. I have both of them finishing 7-9 and nine in this division. So, look, it's one of those divisions. It really is the most top-heavy. I mean, they've got – I'm trying to look at all my other divisions – you know, it's not a bad showing when your last place in the division is only seven and nine. Um, I have a lot of faith in the Raiders. I've I've heard a lot of people, you know, talk to me, you know, talk down on John Gruden and Mike Mayock and and Derek Carr. And look, I'm not a Derek Carr believer, uh, but I am a Gruden and and Mayock believer. I think that they've got a good thing going right here. I like the the draft pick of Henry Ruggs. Josh Jacobs is going to be a top running back in this league for the next few years. They quickly built one of the better offensive lines in football that nobody talks about. It's just a bunch of big-ass men that are physical as hell and dominate the line of scrimmage. Um, The problem is their defense. 
Only problem is that I have with their defense, it's it's really not great. It does look a little, it looks a lot more physical with Jonathan Abrams back in. It was, um, you know, heartbreaking to see him lose his rookie season. He came back, he had a really big pop uh, on Christian McCaffrey on a key play last week. Um, but the front seven, don't love it. Definitely needs some help there. Um, seven and nine, I, I'd be happy with a seven and nine season out of the Raiders. Now the Chargers, you probably expect a little bit more. Um, I, I was... The offense is going to be a work in progress. It's going to be one of those things that they kind of have to figure out. Anthony Lynn really wants to change things up with Tyrod in there. It's a whole different, you know, change of pace from Phillip Rivers. Um, I'm worried about them being able to get Keenan Allen, you know, decent involvement the way that they run their offense. I think it's going to be a big Hunter Henry and, um, and Mike Williams year. But Keenan Allen is, is a top receiver. You need to feed him the ball. I don't know that this offense is necessarily going to be tailored to do that. Um, defensively, I like what they did in the offseason. You know, Linval Joseph in the middle of the defense. Uh, you draft, you know, you get your, you know, one of your top linebacker prospects in the first round of the draft. Losing Derwin James sucks. I, I There's nothing more frustrating than having, you know, a, a guy like him not be able to play for your team. So that's a heartbreaking loss. Um and look, I, I'm ready for Justin Herbert. I think when the time comes, he will be able to step in there. I don't know if it's this season, if it's late in the year. You know, maybe it's a situation where the last two games of the regular season, they realize they're not, you know, a postseason contender. Okay, let's let's see what the kid has against and, and finish out the season. Kind of like what we saw uh, in year one when Mahomes came in in that regular season finale um, and dazzled. And it was like, okay. He's he's got next. You know we're we're gonna move on from Alex Smith after this season because we know this guy has it. So, um, really a, a good a good showing for the AFC West. You know if your last two place teams are both seven and nine, you know the Broncos go five hundred and, and the Chiefs. You know I have them finishing with the best record in all of football at fourteen and two. So there's my AFC playoff picture, AFC standings, Chiefs atop of the AFC. 14 and 2, they will get that first round by. The two seed out of the AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens at 12 and 4. Number three seed, the Buffalo Bills, 10 and 6. And then uh, 4, 5, and 6, all coming out of the AFC South at 9 and 7. In this order, the Colts winning the division, the Titans getting the five seed, the Texans getting the six seed. And then the last team squeaking into the playoffs ahead of the Browns and Steelers, who just narrowly missed it. Uh, the New England Patriots getting in there at 9-7 and seven as the 7 seed. Perfect. So let's move on to the NFC. I'm going to speed this one up a little bit just to uh, make sure that I'm being, um, I'm getting all in this good time frame. So let's start off with the NFC North. Um, boy, boy did Aaron Rodgers look good last week. Um, and look, I know the Vikings secondary isn't that great, and, and they did lose some front seven guys, and it's not, you know, it's not the talent necessarily but it's still a Mike Zimmer defense and and Aaron Rodgers put up the most points that have ever been put up against a Mike Zimmer defense um, in his Vikings career uh, he looked brilliant Devonta Adams looked amazing uh, the run game looks really strong you know Aaron Jones Jamal Williams looks really great um, and and think okay you know you've still got AJ Dillon a guy that you know down the road may have more of a role in this offense but there's no room really for him right now. When you've got you, you got to feed the ball to Aaron Jones. You got to give Jamal Williams some 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 uh, targets out of the backfield. Uh, this is going to be a very good Packers team. Uh, the Vikings. I'm still a believer that they're a good football team, but like I said, the losses on defense um, hurt. The loss of Stephon Diggs hurts. Look, we didn't see a whole lot out of Justin Jefferson or any of the other wide receivers. It really was the Adam Thielen show. 
Um, and I think, you know, giving Kirk the option of Diggs and Thielen is extremely helpful. And so now you have to, you know, it's going to take Jefferson some time. I am a Justin Jefferson fan. Um, I, but look, it's going to take some time for that. The offense looks a little bit, uh, not lost, but not as strong with the loss of Diggs. And, uh, you know, the offensive line is all right. I'm still a believer that Kirk Cousins can, you know, win you football games. They're, they're going to be a good team. Um, and then you've got the Bears and the Lions in there as well, too. I don't expect great seasons out of either. Um, I actually expect a really bad season um, for Detroit, where we're looking probably early on in the season, and they decide to pull the plug on Matt Patricia. His comments after game one talking, you know, trying to defend himself in the fourth quarter by talking about how Malcolm Butler, you know, won them the Super Bowl and how that was, you know, his defense. I'm like, all right, dude, you don't need to try and defend yourself to a journalist about a play. You're a coach. You weren't on the field. You're lucky that your backup cornerback jumped a route and made an unbelievable interception. Like, it just, it was a really bad look. I think that he's frustrated. I think that we give it maybe a month, month and a half, and he's out in Detroit. Um, And I was excited about this team. I I was. Um, But I just, that rubbed me the wrong way. And it really, that that performance in week one, it really changed my outlook on them for the season. So uh, getting to records, I've got the Packers finishing as the two seed in the NFC. Uh, with a 13 and three record, five and one in the division, um, so they're in the playoffs. But I actually don't have another team in the NFC North making the postseason. The Vikings, um, you know, barely miss it with a nine and seven record. Um, they get the ninth seed in the NFC, so you know, just barely missing the postseason. I've got the Bears at five and eleven, and then I've got the Lions at three and thirteen, which is the second worst record in the league, uh, tied with Jacksonville. Um, only ahead of the New York Jets, um, and then also last place in the NFC. Um, so better days hopefully coming forward for the Detroit Lions. It won't be this year, um, I think, especially when you get the coaching change and things like that. I, I just think it's going to take some time um, to really figure things out. So Packers 13-3 and winning the division, getting the two seed in the NFC. Vikings 9-7 and just missing the postseason, and then the Bears 5-11, and Lions 3-13. and Moving on to the NFC South, a lot of hype coming around this division, at least at the top with the Saints and the Buccaneers. We got to see both of them play against each other. Um, That game was really interesting for me because it seemed like a lot of people, the takeaway was, oh my God, we got to shit on Tom Brady. We got to shit on this offense. How did they lose by so much to the New England Patriots, or sorry, to the the, uh, New Orleans Saints? And really, my takeaway from that game was I wasn't really that impressed with the Saints. You know, I expected the Saints to look good. I I didn't I expected the Buccaneers to start this year a little bit slow, um, and it, and it was close for a good majority of the game. You know, you had the pick six. The Saints didn't really have that many drives where they drove all the way down the field. Like I know they put up a lot of points, but you get a pick six in there. You get a lot of things that don't go, you know, the right way for the Buccaneers. It was just a fluky game where they got behind too quick, too fast. Brady had the turnovers. You know, it's it's going to happen when you've got a, a totally restructured offense and, and kind of a new outlook on the team. You know, you bring in a new offensive tackle. You bring in a you know some new running backs. You bring in a tight end like Gronkowski. How can you give him some touches? You give in Tom Brady, who is completely different than Jameis Winston. This team is going to take some time. Now, obviously, you know, with the Saints, you know, you have to be a little worried about what the offense looks like without Michael Thomas. He will come back soon. You know, just, you know, the high ankle sprain 
when it came out that he was going to continue playing, I was like, I don't know about that. High ankle sprains are, they always get talked about as one of the most painful injuries to play through. Um, now it's reported he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. So I'm really nervous about that offense. My biggest you know, knock on the Saints has been that they've never had wide receiver depth, you know, the last, at least in this last, you know, three to four seasons where the Saints have been like title contenders. Um, I've always questioned why they don't go out there and get a really, you know, a stud number two wide receiver. And now without Michael Thomas, that's, that passing offense is going to look a little rough. Um, but they're one of the best rosters in football. Sean, Sean Payton is one of the best coaches in football. I, they're still going to be a good football team, and as will the Buccaneers. And I actually have both of them finishing 11-5 and five this regular season. Um, and, and the edge goes to the New Orleans Saints um, winning that division. So the Saints will lock up the three seed at 11-5. and five. I have the Buccaneers getting the sixth seed um, in the, in the uh, wild card race at 11-5. and five. And then taking a look at the other two teams in this division, um, I, I think you know the Falcons are probably a six and ten football team. They looked a, a little asleep against the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks though this year are just going to be a very great team. So it's going to be tough uh, if you are playing the Seahawks this year. Um, and the Falcons, I don't know where to go with the Falcons. They just seem in purgatory. Where it's like, okay, what do we do with Dan Quinn? What do we do? Do we blow it up? Do we keep pushing through? They decided to keep pushing through with Dan Quinn after they finished last season on a really strong note. Won a lot of games um, at the end of the season. And I think that's probably where they are this year too. Schedule's a little brutal early on. Um, and, and you know maybe they'll win some games at the end of the season to pull it out. I've got them as a 6-10 and 10 football team. Um, I think, I believe if they finish at 6-10 and 10, that it'll be time to move on from Dan Quinn. Not that I'm sure there are better options out there, but I think just after, you know, the excitement, the way they finished out last season, I think it was like, okay, we got to give this guy another chance. Let's see if we can just carry that momentum. Um, if they don't, if they're finishing at six and ten, I think they'll they'll move on. And then I've got the Panthers uh, finishing with the second worst record in the NFC, um, three and thirteen. Really, with the Panthers, I, I'm excited about what they're building here. And the offense looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, you know, with, with Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. Um, to me, I was never in, in, I never had the mindset that the Panthers were actually going to give this thing a go this year and, you know, really force it through and make it work. Um, I think that this is going to be a kind of get comfortable in the NFL kind of year for Matt Rule and Joe Brady. Um, and I don't think that they'd be mad with a high draft pick because it's my belief that they probably want one of these top three quarterbacks in the draft. I know they paid Teddy big money, um, but I think it's a situation where you pay Teddy to be the starter this year. Maybe you pay him to be the starter next year um, while, you, while you shore up the defense, shore up the offensive line, and then you give the keys to the, to the new guy, whether that's a, a Trevor Lawrence or a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields. Um, I don't think Teddy is the long-term answer. In Carolina, I think he's going to be a good plug guy and a good character guy, um, a good you know vet backup to have, a guy that's been through a lot and can help young quarterbacks get through a lot. Um, but I think that this year is probably going to be a pretty bad one, especially in a tough division with the Saints, Bucks, and a, and a high-octane Falcons offense. Um, I, I think they're going to just be in for, okay, let's, let's just have a bad year. Let's get you know our young guys a lot of playing time, a lot of reps, um, and then... You know, we'll go into the offseason. We'll try and get, a, you know, our new franchise quarterback, get some new toys, really build up on the defense, and, and then try and move forward from there. Um, I'm excited about the Matt Rule era, but um, I, I just don't think it's, we're going to see the start of it this week. 
or this season. Moving on to the NFC East. Oh wait, did I did I even give a full breakdown there? So yeah, I had Saints and Bucks making the playoffs. Saints winning the division, eleven and five. Bucks six seed, eleven and five. Falcons six and ten. Probably move on from Dan Quinn. And then uh, I'm gonna say it's a a wash of a year for the Panthers, going three and thirteen. Okay, so the NFC East is a is a really fun one. The way I had this play out, we're gonna finish with two totally opposite divisions here in the NFC East and the NFC West. I have one playoff team coming out of this division. I have one team. Um, I've actually got zero teams with a winning record in this division. I think the Cowboys are going to be an 8-8 eight and eight football team. Um, heading into the season, I had really high expectations for the Cowboys. I was very excited. Um, but the combination of what we saw um, against the Rams, plus you have to consider they lost some really key players in that week one uh, loss for you know a significant chunk of the season. You know, Sean Lee was one of those guys that, you know, slowly faded out. You really didn't need a big role for him. He was good off the bench. Um, and, but then to lose Leighton Vander Esch, and now, you know, you need to put Lee in that bigger role again, that's tough. Um, they already lost, you know, Dontari. Was it Poe or was it... Um, oh, God, who they lose in the middle of their defense for the rest of the season? Anyway, the injuries are piling up for the Cowboys. I think I still expect a very electric offense, but I expect a lot of teams to put up points on them, especially, you know, you consider you lose corners in there as well, too. Um, their defense, it just, I'm, I'm not huge on it. I'm not high necessarily on, on, you know, Mike McCarthy year one trying to make this work. I, there's just, there's a lot to figure out in Dallas, and I'm not sure that this is the year where it all clicks together. Now, look, you still make it in the postseason because I think that the rest of this division is absolute garbage. So eight and eight necessarily, you know, you would look, you would think about the Dallas Cowboys and say, look, okay, eight and eight, that's, you know, that's underperforming. They've got a lot of talent on that offense. They've got a, uh, a well-respected head coach. I mean, they've got a really good front seven. Um, but look, still getting the postseason, four and two against the division. You get the four seed. Home field advantage for your first playoff game. Not a bad start. Um, but let's move on. Let's talk about the rest of this division. I'll make this one extremely quick. I've got, okay, so in this order, I've got the Eagles, the Giants, and the Washington football team. Uh, I've got the Eagles finishing with a 5-11 and record. I've got the Giants and Washington football team finishing with a 4-12 and record. One of these teams is severely underperforming, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. Um... There's so much going against... Philly just seems like they are haunted ever since they won the Super Bowl. They just can't ever have things go their way. Um, you know, you lose two of your better offensive linemen for the season. You know, your, your new left tackle, you lose a guard. Like, it, the injuries are just piling up. The receivers still aren't healthy. You know, you, you still don't have an Alshon Jeffrey. Um, Fortunately, you traded for a really good cornerback in, in, in Darius Slay, but the defense is still a little shaky. Fletcher Cox didn't look that great against a, a bad interior offensive line for the Washington football team. So that's something to monitor. Does he Is he still able to be an elite uh, defensive tackle? And look, Carson Wentz also didn't look that great. When you have a 17-point lead, you should not be throwing two interceptions. You have to be very careful with the ball. You have the lead. The game is won at a 17-point lead. You just have to coast through... Be smart, chew out some clock, make some easy throws, and they they you know gave away that game to Washington. I still think they're the second best team in this division. 
um, you know, solely just because of coach and and players and I guess stability there. But a five and eleven season is probably going to create for some changes in Philadelphia um, because I think after you know winning the Super Bowl to have you know two or three disappointing seasons, you got to take a look and say, okay, I know that we are getting a lot of injuries. I know our team is never able to put out a a full roster, um, you know, over the last few seasons, but something isn't clicking here beyond that, that we need to adjust. Um, so Eagles five and 11, uh, Giants and Washington football team four and 12, um, you know, top 10 picks for both teams. I'm trying to think really what the storyline for these teams are, you know, for Washington, I think where the problem arises is, is I'm still worried about the secondary. Um, I'm still worried about the rush attack. You know, it, it sucks for this team, you know, obviously when you realize that you have people on your roster, even if they're talented, that they're bad people, you have to get them out of the organization. Um, so, you know, losing Darius Geis, while albeit is great for the brand of the Washington football team, he was a really talented running back. And he was going to be a huge part of that offense for alleviating some some pressure off of Dwayne Haskins. Uh, and the run game, I just, I don't feel great about, I don't feel great about the left side of the offensive line. Um, really the offensive line in general. Um, I'm excited about what they're building. I just don't think it's going to be this year. And for the Giants, kind of the same situation. I, I expect them to be very sound on defense despite having no talent. You know, their, their defense has probably one of the worst, you know, if you look at the depth chart, it's them and the and the Jets first the worst defenses in football. It's it's atrocious. Um, offense, it's got exciting weapons too, but it's the, it's the same situation as Washington. It's a young quarterback that needs support and doesn't have it, and that's with Washington, the Giants, and the Jets. They have awful offensive lines, and one thing you have to discuss with the Giants specifically is the importance of a good offensive line when you have a great running back. You know, I was trying to think what great running backs have had success while running behind a bottom three offensive line, and I can't really think of any. Um, you know, the, the most recent one that comes to mind might have been David Johnson. That car that Cardinals offensive line wasn't good um, when David Johnson had his really great season. I don't know if it was bottom three. I'd have to take a look at that. But, you know, it's, it's tough because Saquon Barkley is a game-changing weapon, but he does need an offensive line. He does need people to push around and give him some open holes, and he's just not getting that. He's having to create a lot for his own, and it, and it's it, it's just you want him to be an effective part of the offense, and this is why we have this conversation about running backs and how replaceable they can be. It's it's you need so much else around you to go right to have a good run game. You need an offensive line, and they don't have that. So it's it's frustrating to watch Saquon not be able to do well because he is one of the most talented running backs uh, I've ever watched play. But it's tough um, because it's a position where you, where you need support. You need an offensive line. So NFC East, I don't expect big things out of at all. I've got the Cowboys winning that division at 8-8 eight and eight simply because the rest of the division is dog poo. I've got the Eagles at 5-11 and 11, and then the Giants and the Washington football team at 4-12. and 12. Now let's talk about good football teams. Let's go to the NFC West. Uh, I've got three teams here making it into the playoffs. All four teams finishing with a winning record. And uh, just, just the fourth team in this division narrowly missed the playoffs. They were the eight seed. Uh, so let's start at the top. I've still got the San Francisco 49ers as my number one team in the NFC. 
and barely. The only reason that it's not the Seattle Seahawks is because of a tiebreaker. Um, I've got the, the 49ers finishing 13-3. and three, And I'm a little skeptical about the way that I built this out because, you know, okay, they did just lose to the Cardinals. Um, but look, they don't have receiver help right now. They just had to sign Mohamed Sanu. They need to get the receivers back healthy. You know, getting Debo back, um, getting Ayuk involved, it's going to be huge for them. Um, the run game is going to be terrific, and the defense is going to be very good. I think this is still one of the most sharp football teams, one of the best rosters there. Um, their offensive line got better. Trent Williams looked like a baller uh, in his debut for the 49ers. And I think, really, I mean, really, I have the Seahawks and the 49ers both finishing 13-3. and It's just only one of them can win the division. And I, it's just, you know, division record. I've got the 49ers going 4-2 and two in the division, and I've got the Seahawks going 3-3. Three and three. That could easily be flipped where we see, you know, kind of just like last year where it's like, okay, the Seahawks could be the one seed or they could just be the, the best wild card team. Um, so that's where I have them. I've got the 49ers and Seahawks 13-3. and three. The Seahawks get that top wild card spot, the fifth seed in the playoffs. Um, this is a team where it's like, okay, you got to watch out because if if – Pete Carroll is going to let Russ throw the ball and they're going to be aggressive on offense. This is a team that you got to watch out for and say, okay, they've got Super Bowl potential. I, I always, I had this argument before kickoff on Sunday where it was like, I want to be excited about the Seahawks, but I need to know that they're going to let their best player be their best player. You know, I'm tired of seeing how many carries Rashad Penny and Chris Carson get or, you know, how on fourth and ones they punt the ball away. Or they don't go for it, you know, in the red zone. And, you know, they, they just have always been so passive on offense because they know that they had the greatest defenses, you know, ever to help bail them out. They didn't, they were like, okay, we don't need to win games by putting up 28 points. We need to win, you know, a 20 to 17 game or a very close game. Now, let your best player put up points. They've got great receiving options in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. They're getting Chris Carson involved in the pass game, which is also really exciting to see. Um, I, I think I think the Seahawks are going to be a phenomenal team this year. And the reason is, is because of their offense. It's not their defense anymore. Sure, they've got Bobby Wagner. They've got Jamal Adams. The rest of that defense, man, let me tell you, it is concerning. That is, my, that is what I'm concerned about. But the only reason that I still think they're going to be good is, and I, I said this the other day to someone, the way that the, the league is now, it's, it's too late to say... You, you can't be the team that's saying, okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna put up points. We're gonna win through defense. We are gonna win through our defense. We're gonna you know score a couple touchdowns in a game. We're beyond that. When you've got the Chiefs and you've got the Ravens, you've got the Saints, you got a team like the 49ers, the Rams are in your division, the Cardinals are in your division, you have to be aggressive on offense. And I think, you know, Pete Carroll and Russ had that conversation. We saw it in week one. As long as that carries through, the Seahawks are gonna be one of the best teams in football. Um, and a 13-3 and record. Unfortunately, they don't get the top seed in the NFC just because of the fact that they, um, you know, they, they went 500 in the division. Last team to make the playoffs in the NFC is the Los Angeles Rams. I've got them going 11-5 this season, getting the seven seed in the postseason. Only reason that they aren't, you know, the three seed in the postseason just like the Seahawks, is because they're just in a really great division. Um, and you take a look at the division record. I had the Rams going 2-4. and four. I just think that they're a really good team, but they're definitely a little bit behind the Seahawks and 49ers. 
I'm really excited about the Rams this year. I had lowered expectations because of the way that they finished last year. You move on from Gurley. I didn't see a ton of improvement on just on paper when it came to the offensive line. But then they went out against a really good front seven for the Cowboys, and I was really impressed with the way that their, their run offense looked. Um, you've got multiple guys going in there. I'm a, Malcolm Brown looked great. I know Cam Akers is the guy that everybody was excited about. Malcolm Brown looked really good. Um, just a, an aggressive runner, um, ready to hit guys. And this is just a, it's a really good team. You've got star players. You've got Aaron Donald. You've got Jalen Ramsey. You've got Cooper Cup. You've got Jared Goff. You've got Robert Woods. It's a very good football team. It's a great roster. Sean McVay is going to have a bounce back season. He was probably pissed as all hell last year, the way that their, their season ended, you know, especially two years ago, being removed from, a, you know, the chance to win a Super Bowl. Um, they're not going to miss the postseason this year. As long as they've figured out the run game, it's going to be a really good team. I have them going 11-5, and five, getting the seven seed, um, and really... You know, they could win. They could if they were just if they were in the NFC East, if they were in the NFC South, they would be at the top of those divisions. But just because of the fact that they are in a division with the 49ers and Seahawks, they can't uh, they can't really do anything. And then last but not least, we've got the Arizona Cardinals, and they just missed the playoffs. They finish as the eight seed in the NFC, just missing out on that final wild card spot. I have them going nine and seven on the year. Um, I expect big things out of out of uh, out of Arizona. I mean, their offense looked great in Week One. They beat, you know, the, the the 49ers, which was a huge game for them, a huge confidence builder. The way that their Cardinals schedule works too, <clears throat> and the reason, you know, that they, despite this division, are still going to finish with a nine and seven record is because they also have a pretty easy out of division schedule. You know, getting to play, you know, teams like the Jets and the Dolphins, those are some easy wins to get under your belt. The Cardinals are going to start off the season in a 6-1 or, you know, 6-2 type of situation, I believe. They're going to start off the, the season extremely hot. Kyler Murray is going to look great. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about him later on. Um, but I, I think they're going to start the season really strong. Then the division matchups are going to start coming. They're going to have to play the 49ers or they're, again. They're going to have to play the Seahawks twice, the Rams twice. That's when it's going to fall back just a little bit for them, and they're just going to barely miss it. Um, I'm excited about this offense. Of course, the offensive line is still a very big problem, and the defense isn't that great as well, too. Um, but I, I am expecting just, you know, with Kenyon Drake, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, it's going to be a very good uh, year for the Cardinals. Um, they're going to be very happy with a 9-7 and seven record, considering how the rest of their division finishes as well, too. I mean, look, if... If you say, hey, we had a winning season, and the only reason we're not in the playoffs is because the three other teams in our division all finished with five or fewer wins, I think it's going to be a very positive sign for Arizona moving forward. So just to recap, uh, the NFC playoff picture, I've got the 49ers with the number one seed, 13-3. and three. Number two seed, 13-3, uh, and three, the Green Bay Packers. Three seed, New Orleans Saints at 11-5. and five. Four seed, the Cowboys at 8-8. Eight and eight. And that's what's frustrating about the the playoff structure, and and I get why we you know the division winning your division is important, but the fact that the Seahawks, the Buccaneers, and the Rams all finish you know the Seahawks thirteen and three, and the Rams and Bucks eleven and five, finish ahead of you know you know games ahead three to five games ahead of the Cowboys, and they and they get wild card spots. 
it's unfortunate, but hey, you know, you're the Cowboys. You, you go eight and eight. Um, and then wild card order is the Seahawks five seed, Buccaneers six, Rams seven. All right, let's see where we are with time. Right around the hour mark, I'm going to dive into the postseason and, and I'm going to give you uh, my awards. So starting off, first playoff matchup, we got the 4-5 matchup in the AFC, which is the Colts and the Titans. I'm going to give that one to the Colts. Um, I just I think that they I think that they've got the bigger the, they've got the more complete roster. Um, I think they've got the better coaching offensively. I think this is a team that's just going to be, they're only going to get better as the season goes on because their young playmakers are going to get better. Michael Pittman is going to get more involved. Paris Campbell is going to get more involved. Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor are only going to get better as the season goes along. And I think they'll be at a point where they lose some games early, they head in the postseason strong, they get that first win over the Titans um, and move on to the second round of the postseason. Next matchup, we've got the 7 versus 2 in the AFC, which is the Patriots versus the Ravens. I'm giving it to Baltimore. Look, Bill Belichick is a mastermind, uh, but what we saw last year when the Ravens dominated them in the regular season, the Ravens got better, the Patriots got worse. I know Bill is great. I have, a, I have more respect for Bill than any coach ever to, to you, know, uh, you know, coach the game of football. Um, but I just don't think that this is the team really to, to take that step where they can advance deep in the postseason. The one concern with the Ravens always is what happens when they get behind. It's, it's the one knock on Lamar just so far. It's a small sample size because they don't get behind often. But when they do, it's a little concerning. Um, I don't think that'll be the case, though. I think the Ravens move on to the second round. And then the third matchup, uh, a rematch of the Texans versus the Bills. I'm going to give this one to the Bills. I've got them advancing, so I've got all three of my wildcard teams losing in the Titans, Ravens, and Patriots in that first round. Um, I think the Bills are the far better team. I think defensively they match up well with the Texans, um, and as long as Josh Allen, that's, that's the thing. The, the season won't go as far as Josh, will, Josh Allen is able to take them. They're going to be a good team. Can he protect leads? Can he pull the team out from behind? That's what we need to see from Josh Allen for me to have you know, even more confidence in this Bills roster, but I do think that they can make it past the Texans. Now into the NFC playoffs, we'll start off with the 7-2 matchup, um, or actually no, we'll work with the 3-6, sorry. I've got the Saints and the Buccaneers. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting one. They, they played each other last week. They'll play each other, I think, again in week seven, um, and I think I had the Buccaneers taking that one, and I'm going to give the Buccaneers this win. I am. I, I, my worry about this season is... For, for the Saints is I really do believe that Drew Brees, I, I think as the year goes on, and we kind of saw it last year, where he looked really good early on in the season, and it kind of just slowed down a little bit. Sure, he had a good few flashes here and there, but it did slow down a little bit. I think that arm is getting a little tired. Um, you can, He can't do as much as he used to a couple of years back. I'm going to give that edge to the Buccaneers. I think that this is a team that just slowly figures it out. Much like I was saying with the Colts, they're just going to get better as the year goes on, and they're going to get better. They're going to make it up to uh, up to that second round, um, and so they'll make it past the Saints. 4-5 matchup, I've got the Seahawks and the Cowboys. I'm going to give the Seahawks that one. I think they're one of the better teams uh, in, in football right now, um, especially if they let Russ cook. And the Cowboys are only in the playoffs because every, you know, every other team in that division was awful um, the way that I had it playing out. And then the last one, the 7-2 matchup in the NFC, it's the Packers versus the Rams. I'm going to give this one to the Packers. I believe that they are the more 
what's the best way to say this? I, I, I just if you're giving me, I, I know that the coaching, you know, Sean McVay is a great coach, Matt LaFleur. I like, I still need to see more of, honestly, to be fully in love. But if you're giving me Aaron Rodgers versus Jared Goff and you need them to keep going back and forth, I think Aaron Rodgers will be able to carry the game in a little bit longer than Goff. Um, and I give the advantage to Green Bay there. So moving back up to the AFC, 1-4 matchup, the Chiefs and Colts. This is where the luck runs out for the Indianapolis Colts. I got the Chiefs winning this one. They probably win it big just because, you know, Punishing losses are the way that seems to go uh, with my luck. So the Chiefs are going to win that one pretty easily. I just think, I, I just, they're too good. They're too good. Um, Ravens, Bills, same situation. I'm giving it to the Ravens. We're going to get a Chiefs, Ravens, AFC Championship matchup, um, and I think it's, I think it's a pretty easy one to decide too. Moving on to the NFC, we've got the Buccaneers and the 49ers. And man, wouldn't it just be a great story if Tom Brady could take his team? You know, there were the rumors in the offseason of, okay, well, you know, Tom wanted to play for the 49ers, but um, Kyle Shanahan couldn't really do that to Jimmy Garoppolo, couldn't make him, you know, the backup or trade him away, especially if, you know, Brady is just a one-year rental. Did he entertain it? Did he not? I don't know. But wouldn't it be a great story if Tampa made it in there? and just beat up on the 49ers to advance to the NFC uh, title game. I think it would. I'm going to pick it. Um, the 49ers, it's, it's, a, it's a different situation where it's, it's it, just like the Colts, I say they get better. The Buccaneers are going to get better as the season goes on. I really think they'll enter the playoffs as the sixth seed, but will be one of the better teams still left remaining. Um, it's just because those early losses, you kind of just have to, you know, take what you get. And you're, you know, you're not going to sweep the Saints, um, and you're going to have a couple tough losses in there. Um, but I think you get them to the postseason. I think they're going to do well. I think they're going to advance to the NFC title game. Taking on the Green Bay Packers. I got the Packers taking down the Seahawks. And this, it's not a, it's not going to be a problem offensively for the Seahawks. It's going to be a problem defensively. You know, they squeak by the, they, they breeze past the Cowboys because the Cowboys, I, I just think, aren't going to be that good of a team. And they're going to beat up on a lot of really bad defenses this year. Um, but I am worried about the Seahawks defense. You know, you've got Bobby Wagner. You've got Jamal Adams, and the rest is just a little too shaky for me. And if you're giving Aaron Rodgers the time to dice him up, and also if you're going to let the Packers run the football, um, I think that's going to be a tough spell for the Seahawks. So I've got a Packers-Buccaneers NFC Championship game. I've got a Chiefs-Ravens AFC Championship game. And my Super Bowl is going to be the Chiefs and the Packers. I really think everyone likes to talk about the Aaron Rodgers FU Tour. Um, I sure I'd love to get behind that. I think Aaron Rodgers is just saying, okay, I've, I'm just always good. So let's pump the brakes. I'm not on an FU tour. Sure. I'm pissed that they drafted a quarterback, but I'm still just great. So, um, I, I think the Packers are going to make it to the Super Bowl over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that's where the luck runs out. It's going to be a great matchup. A lot of star players getting the opportunity to watch Brady and Rodgers, with a chance to you know get to the Super Bowl on the line is going to be fantastic. Um, sure, I don't think you know Brady is at that point now where he's going to be you know going toe to toe with the top quarterbacks of the game. That's why I have the Buccaneers getting over the Saints and the 49ers. I'm not high on Drew Brees. 
Um, Jimmy G, I'm not that high on. But when you're going toe-to-toe with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, I think that's where it comes to a halt. And so I've got the Packers representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. And then in the AFC, I've got the Kansas City Chiefs. I just, I can't pick against them. Um, I think it's, you know, Chiefs, Ravens. I think we're going to get a really strong season from the Ravens. I think they're going to look dominant throughout most of the regular season. I think they're going to win big with all their wins and their losses are going to be very narrow. Um, It'll be an amazing, I I mean, watching Chiefs, Ravens, where you've got two of the brightest young names in football going up against each other with a chance at the Super Bowl on the line. And then in the NFC, you've got these old guys. You've got Aaron Rodgers. You've got Tom Brady. Both of them would just do anything for another Super Bowl championship for their legacy going against each other. It's going to be, that would be my ideal conference championship weekend. I've got a Chiefs Packers Super Bowl. And as much as I love Aaron Rodgers, I, I, there's nothing more. There's not, another, there's not a guy in this league that I want to get another Super Bowl ring more than Aaron Rodgers just because I feel like he's one of the more disrespected quarterbacks um, in the league over the last decade. But I, I'm going to give this one to the Chiefs. I think they're going back to back. I, I think they're going to run it back. I, I just, especially with the fact of saying like, okay, now we've got a great run game to really spell you know, give Pat, it's it's just going to be so easy for Pat. It really is. It's going to be extremely easy for Pat Mahomes to, to, you know, not have to do everything on his own. And sure, the running game was never bad before Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but now it's going to be very good. You know, Clyde and Kalachi Osemele are two, you know, fantastic additions to get a more balanced offense. I think they're going back to back. I think, you know, we, we've got a dynasty on our hands. Um, I know it's tough to repeat in the NFL. And injuries can always happen to any team. And, and, you know, these predictions are saying, you know, with the rosters that they have right now, what do I think they can accomplish? Um, And when I I take a look at it, you know, I love the Packers. Don't get me wrong. I want Aaron Rodgers to win one so bad, but I just, I I can't pick against the Chiefs at this point. So that's my, that's my, you know, season predictions. We're at the hour 15 mark. I'll just give you my, my, um, I'll give you my quick awards real quick. Let me let me just pull up what I had written down. I'll start with Rookie of the Year or uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. It's going to be Chase Young. It's going to be dude's a freak show. He is going to disrupt, especially the other thing that you have to consider is the offensive lines that they're going to be going up against. He gets to play the Giants' offensive line twice. He already got to play the Eagles' line. He gets to play them again. Um, the Cowboys' line is not as what it used to be. Um, Chase Young is going to feast against some terrible offensive lines this year and is going to rack up some astounding numbers. So he'll be Defensive Rookie of the Year. I have no question about it. And I really don't have any question about AFC Rookie of the Year either, or Offensive Rookie of the Year. I'm going to give it to Clyde. I think he's going to be one of the top running backs in this league. He could lead the league in rushing. Um, He already is after week one. And I think if that's the case, um, you know, look, if Burrow has a great season, that's the only other thing I'd consider just because it's such a quarterback-friendly league. And, you know, we saw it last year where Josh Jacobs was fantastic. Um, and, and Kyler Murray just was a little bit better, and he was a quarterback, so he got it. Um, so it's going to be Burrow or, or Hilaire. I'm going to give it to Hilaire, and I think it'll be pretty easy as long as he you know, is as dominant as he was in Week 1. So I've got Hilaire and Young uh, winning both of those rookie awards. Coach of the Year is an interesting one. Taking a look just around what I've got here, teams that sneak in, teams that do well... Coach of the year is tough. Coach of the year is really tough. You've got guys to consider. 
you know, it, you got to consider all three of these um, NFC West teams. You know, Pete Carroll, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. I'm gonna go with Sean McVay just because I think, and it's crazy to say, okay, well they were they're the seven seed, but they're an eleven and five team, and I think a huge part of their success is going to be by this revamped offense and what they are able to do in the run game. So I think when you take a look at how they performed last year, how they came back this year, I think I'm I'm pretty good giving it to him. The only other one that I would consider is maybe Bruce Arians. I don't know. It, it really depends on how the Buccaneers look offensively and how much their defense has to do for them. Um, I, I'm going to go Sean McVay as my coach of the year. And then MVP, I'm going to give you two names. Um, I'm going to give you... My pick is going to be Kyler Murray um, just because if we're following the trend of second-year quarterbacks exploding and winning MVP, that would be three years in a row after Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, now Kyler Murray. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Kyler Murray wins... NFL MVP, um, despite going 9-7 and seven and just barely missing the playoffs. Um, and I think if they overperform that, if they're a 10-win team, it, it'll for sure be him. The only other one that I'm going to tell you is it's going to be Kyler Murray or it's going to be um, Aaron Rodgers for me. Now, Russ, I think, will make a very compelling case uh, for MVP. Um, so maybe I'll, I'll throw his name in there just in case. My pick is going to be Kyler. I could see Russ or Aaron Rodgers winning it as well, too. Um but I think it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be Kyler. I think he's just going to have a tremendous season offensively, um, despite, you know, having a terrible offensive line. And um, where it comes down to, you know, sure, if the Cardinals miss the playoffs, I get not giving it to him um, because, you know, they didn't win enough games, even though nine and seven to me with that roster is a really good showing. Um, so at that point, Look, if they if it's if it's a, a wins thing that matters, Russ and Rodgers are going to be you know it's it's one of those two for me. So, yeah, how about that? First episode back, hour and twenty minute episode. Um, I really wanted to wait until I saw all of these teams play before giving out these predictions. Um, I was thinking, do I want to come back before the season started? There's just so much I didn't know about a lot of these teams, and there's so much we don't know. Look, I could the biggest week where guys overreact to you know to their NFL teams is right after week one, and then we come in week two, and and you know, okay, so maybe you know a team like the Browns will look way better than they did against the Ravens. I expect you know a team like the Colts to really rebound. What if the Packers look really bad against the Lions? Like so much that I'm saying here today could just be ass backwards this time next week. Um, so hopefully I didn't overreact too much to what we saw from week one. I don't believe I did. The only thing that I think about, you know, people might get on me for is the Eagles being so bad. I just think that they really don't have a lot going for them this year. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a weird season. No preseason. It's going to take a lot of these time, these teams. It's going to, you know, take about a month or so to really get going, um, which is why teams like, you know, the Bucks, you know, and, and, and the Colts and, even, you know, someone like the Rams. It's going to take these teams a little bit of time, the Patriots, to get going. Um, so there will be some early losses. But I don't know. I, I feel pretty good about this. I, I feel good about my Super Bowl champs. If you had to give me Chiefs versus the field right now, I think I would take the Chiefs. Um, I know it's tough to say no. You know, if you gave me Chiefs versus the field and the Chiefs are going to be fully healthy by the time the Super Bowl comes... Um, if they're going to be healthy the entire season, then I'm going to take the Chiefs. Um, I just think that they, they've they got the perfect blend. They've got a really good defense. 
They've got the best offense, uh, the best quarterback, and one of the better head coaches of all time. So those are my predictions for the season. We'll be back later this week uh, with doing some betting stuff, looking ahead to all of the fun games we've got in week two. Um, I appreciate you guys if you listen and you've listened to the show before. I, I know it's it's tough when, you know, to get re-excited about listening to a podcast if you haven't, you know, if, if that person takes a four-month hiatus. Um, I, it wasn't what I wanted to do. I think it, I just ran into a situation where it was tough with moving all the time, tough with no real football news, too, with the pandemic going on. You know, I, I would have run out of stuff to talk about about three weeks in, so you combine that with the moves. Um, I would have loved to have gotten some stuff in the month of August, but I had to go back home and live in New York uh, because of some apartment you know, mix-up stuff. So back here now, excited to be doing the show. I'll, I'll have a bunch of guests on coming on in the next few episodes. We're going to have some fun stuff going this season, um, and hopefully you guys are along for the ride. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, please head over and follow me on Twitter. If you don't, at Blake Andrew Pace. Check out my content over at Stampede Blue, um, the SB Na- SB Nation page for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, let me know what you think of the episode. Let me know what you think of the show. If you want to come on and, and, and spit some truth with me, tell me where I'm wrong. I'm, I'm ready for it. Um, and we will see you guys later this week. Peace.